Hey, it's producer Daniel from The Dive Table. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about our dive clubs. If you enjoy what Nick and Jay bring to The Dive Table every week, then I would ask you to consider joining one of our exclusive, all-inclusive dive clubs. Bringing you this content every week does take time and energy, and just like any other item on the market, it requires upfront costs. Lucky for us, we're not in the market of mass production because we only create one product, the dive table. With your support, however, we can start to bring exclusive content to the dive table that we wouldn't otherwise be able to accomplish. Interviews with legendary scuba divers such as Mike Galt, global conservationists such as Jean-Michel Cousteau, and marine biologists such as Dr. Sylvia Earle. Go to our website, www.thedivetable.com and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right-hand corner. Choose a club that best fits your budget and join today. Help us spread the messages of those that help keep our diving waters clean and healthy. Help us be the diving podcast that brings the most comprehensive stories to your ears. Thank you. Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me, as always, is Mr. Nick Hogle. Nick, how are you doing today? I am not too bad. Just out here enjoying the weather. Uh, it was definitely, I think, the hottest one today that it's been in, in a few weeks. So I think we were like 105, 106 or something. So it was a, it was a pretty hot one. But you're probably enjoying that that San Diego weather, huh? Yeah, I peaced out. I'm, I'm, I just got to San Diego, and um, I'm here for some some training from IDC and we decided to, uh, you know, turn it into a family vacation. We're going to a wedding. We're going to go do some stuff, but man, it was so nice to like not be in a fight with the weather. <laughs> the minute you get out of, out, out of air conditioning, it was like, Oh, this is so nice. It's so comfortable. Like I love it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're back in the San Diego, California, uh, you know, perfect weather situation it's still a little warm here but i mean man we had dinner out outside yesterday it was so nice so yeah i'm enjoying being out of the 100 degree relentless texas heat right now well good and producer daniel is here as well which must mean we are recording another episode of the show so nick let's break some rules and talk about something that is considered taboo around the Thanksgiving dinner table, which is money, <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> I know uh, isn't that this is the funnest episode yet, but money's a part of life. And as such, it is also a part of scuba. But I think when it comes to the discussion of money in scuba, there's a lot of myth a lot of perception, and there are lots of opinions when it comes to how much scuba diving actually costs. So we wanted to take this episode, share our experiences, our thoughts uh, on the real cost of scuba diving. I know you and I are not experts on the retail side of scuba. Um, I know you have a little bit of experience there. I don't have any on the retail. But we can say, I think, with confidence that we are certainly experts at spending money on scuba. So we, we are, we have some level of expertise in this. Just, you know, look at our wallets and, um, and that's our proof. Uh, so this should be really a fun episode. Hopefully if you're out there listening and you're considering getting into scuba, you know, that's really what this episode is, is geared towards. But if you're a hardened veteran, salty old diver, 
Um, this is also for you because we're going to talk about maybe some cost saving tips and we want to hear some of yours. So you ready to jump into this, Nick? You ready to talk some money and, and break some taboos here? <sighs> Man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I might break my heart after this episode after I realized how much money I've spent. But um, yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah, we, we probably shouldn't. I'm glad for prep for this episode. I didn't put together like uh, a rundown of all the costs that I've already put in. Like I have that somewhere because I have to keep it for tax purposes. But um, but I don't look at it very often and I only update it every once in a while because it just makes me my stomach turn a little bit. But yeah. All right. Let's let's get into this one. podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogle and Jay Gardner. So first, let's start with some basics. And let's start back at the very beginning of our scuba journey. And let's talk about what does it really cost to actually start your scuba diving journey? What gear is necessary? What what is the training costs? Are there hidden costs in there? What does it really cost to start diving? If you're out there considering it, this segment is definitely for you. So what, what are your thoughts here? What was your experience, Nick? Um, so I'll be honest, I don't remember the exact price. Um, I definitely remember it being like, okay, this is, this is something I have to think about. It's not just like going and buying a pair of shoes. Like I definitely got to kind of think about this cause, uh, I don't want to say it put a dent in the pocketbook, but it definitely, you know, put a little bit of a dent in there. Cause just at the time, you know, I had my bills, I had to pay everything, but it was something I really wanted to do. So I definitely set aside money and, um, you know, it's, a, it's amazing. Like when you find something you really want to do, it's not that hard to set aside money sometimes. Like I know I have friends, it's like, oh, every weekend they're like, oh, we're going to go spend a hundred dollars at the bar or, uh, we're going to go spend X amount of money and go golfing, or we're going to go spend X amount of money and do this, do that. And I was like, I'm going to put some money away cause I'm going to go scuba diving. Um, and, uh, here, and, and this is something I definitely suggest, I would say everybody should get, um, but I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence if it's, if it's necessary or not. Cause I know there's a lot of places that you don't need, like here, here in the Texas area, if you're going to go get a scuba certification, um, you, you basically, you have to buy your own mask, fins and snorkel. Um, and then along with the fins, most people are going to buy boots that go along with the type of fins that they're going to buy. I know there's a lot of places out there because I've seen where they're like, oh, we'll just rent you a full foot fin so you don't need a boot or anything. Um, and I know a lot of people that dive those and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if that's what you're into. Um, but so I had to purchase my own mask fin snorkel and then, you know, you kind of get sold on some other stuff. I got the the slap strap and the, the defog, you know, but you kind of learn. But I think that's kind of, you know, a little bit down the line, the, the tips and tricks on how to save some money. Um, but I was just looking right now, and I believe in this area, I was just kind of adding it up. Um, it would probably rough, roughly in the central Texas area, probably set you back about $800 um, to be able to go and get that certification. And, you know, depending on when you're going to do that, and that's just a regular public class, not private class. And then, you know, there's probably going to be some other fees in there, maybe some gas money. Um, I know there's an entrance fee at Windy Point. 
Um, but I know for me, um, it, it definitely, it's, it was something I wanted to do. So I was able to justify the cost. But if it was, you know, like a family of four who wanted to get his whole family certified, that would probably be a little dent in the pocketbook, you know? Uh, but for me, it was something that I wanted to do. So I was just like, whatever the cost, I'm going to make this happen. Um, but yeah, that was my, my whole experience. Granted, I didn't do, I took my open water class in this area, but I did a discover scuba dive out in Thailand. So, um, and I don't even remember what the cost of that was. Honestly, I, I don't even think I would know what the cost rough, maybe roughly is around here, but, um, and, and those are different experiences too, depending on where you take those. But, um, no, that was kind of, for me, it was, it was definitely, it was a little bit of a dent, but not, you know, it didn't break the bank, but I also planned for it too. So, cause I knew for probably about a year that I wanted to get certified before I actually made it happen. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, it's interesting. My story is a little bit different in this because I kind of bought into what I now see as more of a myth, but at the time, you know, was this myth that scuba diving is too expensive to even get started. So I, that was always a good excuse for me not to do it because I've wanted to dive. I wanted to dive for a long time, but I, I didn't do it because I felt like, oh, it's just, it's got to be so expensive. And, and of course that was an uneducated myth that I bought into. And so my, my journey was a little bit different than yours in the sense that my wife knew that, that I wanted to dive and she bought me for Christmas, my open water class. So I, I have no idea what it costs. Um, I didn't choose the shop. I didn't do any research. It's just, she went and did some research, found a shop and bought me it for Christmas one year. And, uh, it took me until I, I think it took me like six or seven months to actually go take the course. <laughs> it was just paid for for that long. But of course I went in there and I said, yeah, my wife, you know, bought this for me. Um, she said everything's included and, and the same situation. Oh yeah, everything's included for the course, but you need to buy your mask, you know, your, your fins, your snorkel, some booties, you know, I think the slap strap was in there and things. Oh, okay. And I thought, you know, what is that included in what she paid for? I, I didn't really know. So I, I was completely clueless when I, when I got started. Um, and I definitely bought into that, the, the myth that it was too expensive. Now, saying that, obviously, money's relative. There isn't a, you know, for some people, a thousand bucks is cheap. For some people, a thousand bucks is really expensive. There's no way for us to say what's expensive versus cheap because it's so relative. But in my research so far, it's, yeah, you're, I think you're in the, in the range there. It's probably between 500 bucks and a thousand dollars for the course, right? Depending on who you're training with and, and the level and quality of that training that you're going to get. And then it's probably, you know, in gear depends, I guess, on where you are. Cause like Nick said, you, there are some shops and other places that will, you know, rent you the gear or include the mask and fins and snorkel and stuff in the cost of the class. Um, so there are different models out there that people use. I think, yeah, here in central Texas, you, you're required to buy those things from at least if you, you're going to learn through a shop that's here. Um, but yeah, that, that, and then, yeah, the cost of thing you covered, you know, park fees, um, tipping your dive master, uh, was another kind of little fee, I guess, uh, depends on how, how well you felt like they did. But again, you don't know in your open water class, you're just like, did they you know, tell the you to, said. did they tell you to, uh, tip your dive master? Yeah. It was kind of like a, you know, tip your waiter, 
mentioned a few times, um, you know, the dive masters are the hardest working people in scuba and they get paid nothing. And, you know, if you had a good time on your class, you should, you should tip your dive master. Of course, I don't like how much is a good tip. I had no idea. Um, so I, I ended up tipping them, um, as well, but I mean, those, those are, you should, you know, I, I think, I mean, if you, I don't know, the whole tipping thing is a whole different discussion. Uh, you know, I read this article recently where there's just tipping fatigue because you get asked all the time about tips, um, for everything, you know, but that's a whole nother debate. We won't probably bring up on this episode. I don't know. We are talking about money right now. I feel like it might be a good, uh. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and, and I, I know that if we get into that, that could definitely, that might be the whole podcast or the whole show. If we start getting yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I do, I do um, agree. Like, I definitely think if you're going to get into it, you should have your own mask uh, just because masks do fit differently. You know, different styles of mask will fit people differently. And, um, you know, that's one thing that I've seen quite a bit is when people that for some people, that's a very hard thing to get past is having that water inside your mask. And if your mask is constantly leaking, it just throws everything off from the get go. So I I am a firm believer of having your own mask. Um, Boots and boots, obviously, it's nice to have your own um fins i'm a little bit back and forth about just because you know for your open water class you don't really know what your what your you, you know what i mean like you don't really know it's like oh is this a good fin or a bad fin like yeah, if you had an fit. opportunity to test you know five different fins but then then at that point you're just kind of confusing the individual because you're giving them too many options right off the bat you know so but i definitely think if you're going to get into it at least at least own your own mask own a good mask you know because i feel like most people want, before they get into diving at some point they're into snorkeling so um it's something that you could use and pack away very easily yeah i mean and, and i mean i think that's a big brings up a big point which is you know i think the the hidden costs and it's not let's say it's not a uh designed hidden cost and, and maybe in some cases it is but for me, at least, my my hidden cost was overbuying gear in my open water class. And my rationale at that point was, you know, you get told over and over again, this is life support gear, which it is. And I'm in training, so I might as well buy gear and get trained on the gear that I now own rather than get trained on the, the gear that I'm renting, you know. And so... For me, I know I fell into that myth of, you know, buy all your gear in your open water class. <laughs> like, and I and I did what I felt like was good research. And, you know, you just don't know what you don't know at that moment um, and bought my own stuff. I bought I think the I bought a computer because, you know, that was kind of drilled into me, at least in the, the academics was the computer controls your dive. And so I'm like, look if this is a life support thing, uh, I want the best computer there is, you know? And so, um, I tumbled down the Shearwater road and there's nothing wrong with that, but certainly bought an expensive, uh, you know, computer first computer. And I bought my, I had asked for a wing and I'd done research, a back plate and a wing. And I said, you know, this is good. And I remember, I mean, you know, I won't name names or anything, but I remember the shop, um, manager of the shop when I brought that up and I said, this is, I think this is what I want. 
And I remember the manager saying to me at the time, oh, you're not ready for that equipment. You should get this. And it was kind of a recreational version. It was still a wing, but it was kind of a soft pack, um, soft plate with all the adjustables and things. And I said, oh, okay, I'm, I must not be ready for that other thing. I don't know what I don't know. And so I ended up buying that and I overbought, you know, I overbought all kinds of things um, that, you know, there's a box right now. I bought, I bought my reg set and I now don't like that reg set at all and I can't use it. And it was yoke and all these other things. So I think there certainly is, if I'm giving a recommendation to anyone out there that's starting out, there certainly is this, you know, tug of war happening in your brain between, look, I, if I love this, I want to continue. Yes, you should purchase your own gear um, because rental gear is only going to take you so far, right? And and it's hard in scuba to actually try something before you buy it in a real way. And so there's a pull towards a lot of rationale of buying your own gear and then, oh, if I don't like it, I'll sell it later or whatever. And then there's the flip side, which is don't buy anything until you really know what what style of diving you know you want to do and and kind of where you're focused i think looking back i wish i had been more on the don't buy anything you know too crazy until you know or even buy use might be a, a way to even look at it um and and try things out but i know i spent a lot of money right out of my open water class and my rationale was you know one this is life support gear two I'm in training now. I should get trained on my gear rather than rental gear. And then three was, well, I'm going to look at what the instructors are wearing. I'm going to look at, you know, what other dive professionals or people that I think, you know, go into different shops and see what they're up to with, with their personal dive gear and ask lots of questions and then try to get something that at least I know experienced divers are using because then maybe that's a good sign for me in the future. All that gear today Outside of, I think my, um, my dive computer, I still use, I think everything else I bought except for my wetsuit, which I bought a while after my open water class, I don't use now. <laughs> so that's, if that's a story for you, uh, or a lesson, um, I mean that you're gonna compile gear as you go. And like, this is stuff that I want to sell at this point, but I, but just to be honest, I don't use anything from my open water class that I bought then, except for my, my dive computer. Uh, I don't use the mask. I don't use the fins. Now um, I bought really expensive, the wrong fins um, for me. Yeah. All I use is my computer now from my open water class. Um, I'm using none of the other gear and maybe my wetsuit occasionally, but I dive my dry suit most of the time. So anyway, that's a long ramble of a trap <laughs> I got into. I don't think it was a purposeful, like, you know, maybe, maybe it is a retail design thing to do that. But I know for me, I, I'm, I was so enthusiastic. I wanted to buy my gear and, and that's a thing that I would say is a hidden cost. If you're not cautious, cause I spent a lot of money on gear now that I'm experienced in this, I, I don't use anymore. Well, I mean, I guess, so my, my journey was slightly different. Um, so I, had my open water class. Um, I think I, I ha I've even mentioned it before on the podcast some some many moons ago. I don't even I can't even remember what what episode this is. Um, but uh, so I wanted the gear. I was very enthusiastic as well, and I actually ended up purchasing 
gear, but the shop that I went through, they had a program where I was basically able to, um, it was kind of like a rent to own type thing. So you could go there and you could rent. So basically they just, you know, um, you, you get some gear, you pay it off in a year. You have to make a minimum payment of, uh, basically whatever, whatever the, the amount is of all the gear that you got, they split it up into 12 payments and then, uh, you make that payment per year. But anytime you come in to rent gear and you pay them the rental fees, essentially like you're paying down the, the amount of Mm. gear that you bought, which was really, um, I mean, to be honest for me, that was the only way because I didn't have the funds to just go out and spend, you know, I, I can't even remember. I mean, I want to say it was probably over a thousand under $2,000, but I just didn't have the money to drop right then and there. Um, so it was really cool. And, and it was a jacket style BCD. I think it was the, the Aqualung, uh, Axiom BCD, just big old bulky jacket style BCD (laughs) got the Aqualung core regulator. Um, which, which I, that I think it's just like a, it's not on the lowest end of Aqualung, but it's, it's, um, it's, you know, kind of one of their lower end ones. And, um, I will admit that, that thing was a workhorse. It took me a long time just to get rid of that because what was kind of nice as I was going through and learning what type of diving I wanted to do, what type of gear that I wanted to get, which is a whole nother journey within itself that I'm sure we'll end up talking about. Um, but what was kind of nice is is um, I had the a little bit of a different experience in whereas I used pretty much that gear almost all the time. And then I ended up getting rid of it, I think like late last year. Um, cause I was using it for work. Like I had it for, I was using my right. Aqualung core regulator. I mean, literally I, I put that thing through the ringer. Like it's been dropped. It's been, it's done everything. Like I used it. I, I, I talked about how I've worked on the lake for quite a while. And, um, I did enjoy that BCD is a work BCD because when you're working under the water, it's nice to have the big old pockets, you know, um, had, you know, just probably too many D rings, just all the stuff that you didn't need, but it's nice to have those big pockets that you could just stuff tools in. Um, so I was able to use it quite a bit. Um, and I know that when I got started getting my other gear, like the, the wing and the back plate, you don't have a whole lot of pockets. I don't even think there's any pot. I mean, you could probably put pockets on there, but um, and then, cause I ended up going wing, I think it's kind of a natural transition as you get into scuba, maybe not for everybody actually. Cause I know, I know quite a few people that still like their jacket BCDs. Um, but so mine was a little bit is I definitely got a lot of usage out of the first gear that I bought. Cause it got to a point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to take this, my newer gear out and take it on the work boat. You know, I mean, I'm on a work boat, just things are getting thrown around. Um, but so it ended up working out pretty nice and, um, it was, it's a yoke. I still have a yoke that I'll use like when I'm traveling, just recreational. Um, I upgraded, I have a, a Le- Aqualung legend right now. That's like my travel kind of just going recreational. I really, really do like that, uh, regulator. Um, but also like you, <laughs> I do have a whole box of stuff that just sits there and, and I have this like weird thing where, if I buy it, I'm like, I don't want to sell it. And I kind of had to break the habit late last year. Um, and then pretty much like the last two months, I just had to break this habit because I'm like, I'm about to move across the world. I can't bring these five bins of stuff with me. So um, some of my friends came <laughs> up because they they were able to, I'm like, I'm going to, 
I'm not giving this to you, but I'm going to let you use it. And then I'll be back in a year or two to come collect it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, I mean, it is, you know, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but I do, uh, I, I really did enjoy that BCD up until I sold it, but it got to a point where, um, I was just like, I'm not using this thing anymore. I know I'm not going to use it recreationally diving. Um, I just need to get rid of it and, uh, ended up selling it. I think it was just like a few, maybe like a few months ago, I sold the core and the axiom. Um, someone got, it was, uh, someone from college station came in and I actually ended up having like a two hour long conversation with them about diving, um, which was funny. So, um, but yeah, I was, you know, um, definitely going into it. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And, um, my first computer that I actually bought, I now use as my backup computer. So like, I'll just bring it with me just in case, you know, something happens to the main computer, which I also did fall into the Shearwater route. Um, but I do really enjoy that computer. Um, actually, I think they just came out with a new one. And obviously, I'm, you know, trying to figure out how, how am I going to buy that new one? <laughs> um, I do like it, but that's um, always the case. Yeah, yeah. But so it was a little bit of a different story for me. Um, but I, I did, I did get a lot of use out of it. And, uh, but there is things I've literally bought. Um, I got rid, actually gave them away. I have these really expensive fins. They're super nice. I bought them, used them once, sat in a bin for about almost a year, I think over two years. And then with this move I have coming up, I'm like, just gave them to my buddy. I'm like, dude, I know you like scuba. Here's some good fins. They're good travel fins. You can take them apart, you know, um, set me back like I think over two hundred dollars, and and literally just bought him to stick him in a bin and then give him away to a buddy. Um, but you know, put a smile on his face, and he's a good buddy, so it was it was cool. But yeah, there's they're, there's they're bin decorations. Yeah, <laughs> you bought them to decorate your bins. Uh, I buy too much stuff for bins, but I'm I'm trying to get yeah. better. But they're yeah, I'm trying to get better. Like, do I need that? But usually. By the time I'm asking myself that, it's already in the bin. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's a good it's a good point that we're making here, and or maybe we're not making, but maybe I can bring a good point out of this. Is is you know if you're getting into diving new and you're in your open water class, or you're planning for that, or you're just out of your open water class, or whatever that is for those that are out there. You know, you, I think going in with your eyes open is a really important thing. The, the retail shop that you're training at, yes, it's a training center, but it is also a retail shop and they, they will sell you something if you want to buy something. So, you know, going in with your eyes open and, and recognizing that that's, you know, the, the situation that, that you're in can be helpful. And I'm not saying that, you know, all shops are, you know, gear hounds. I've definitely been in shops where it's, you know, there's a lot of high pressure. I don't enjoy that. I've also been in shops where there's no pressure and it's really laid back. And so you just don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, if you're taking advice from the retail shop manager of your local shop that you're learning from, just go in with your eyes open, realize, you know, their, their job in a lot of ways is to sell you something and you really don't know what you want or need at that moment. And so it, you know, from, from Nick and I's stories here, it's not a bad thing to buy your gear uh, right out. Right. I think that's fine. Um, but go into it with your eyes open that, Hey, this might not be what sustains me for the next year or two, or it might be the wrong thing. 
And so, you know, there's also no harm in waiting, um, renting. I really like that program, the the lease program that you're describing, like rent to buy, because it is a challenge. Like I think one of the challenges, especially in getting into diving is you can't really try things out. It's, it's difficult to like, I guess some shops will let you in the pool to try something out. Um, but a lot of shops, once it hits an open water environment, whether it be the ocean or, or the lake, then, then it's yours. And that's understandable, right? Cause how they, now they're selling a used piece of gear. And so that's understandable from the retail perspective, but from the customer's perspective, I mean, how do you know, you know, that, I mean, it's almost impossible to know. And so you're usually working from, you know, people's recommendations and what you can read online. I remember <laughs> when I was first gearing up for the class to go, I remember being online and looking at like scuba packages and I'm like, oh, you just buy one of these. And then, oh, this one's cheap. I could just buy that one. You have no idea. You know, <laughs> it's like, who knows what I would, I'm glad I didn't do that um, and show up in class for the first day with whatever scuba package I bought from, you know, discountdiversupply.net.com.uk or whatever it would have been. So, uh, but I think the advice at least I would give is, you know, go in eyes open, realize that your needs will likely evolve and change. And so your first set of gear is probably not the one that you'll be using a year from then or two years from then. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what kind of diver you become, but just be open to, you know, eyes open in, in the fact that you're in a retail situation and not all advice that you might be getting is, is necessarily just, you know, in your best interest. It's also in the interest of selling you a piece of gear and you need to realize that and act accordingly, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. No. Is that way offline to say that? Or did I just piss off a bunch of retailers? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, but you're, you don't, you don't mind pissing the people <laughs> off. Um, but um, I mean, it is a, you know, that that is a two-way street. Obviously, it's a retail shop. At the end of the day, they have to make money. But I do 100% agree, you know, it, it, you don't know what you don't know. So you're probably going to get sold on some stuff. But I mean, even today, it still happens to me. Like, I'll go in somewhere and I'm like, man, I, you know, I, I read the reviews. I did my research. I go in. I think this is what I want. I get it. And then I realize I don't want it. Um, th those fins are the fins that I gave away are a perfect example because that is a thing that that I have run into that if I want to try something in all reality, I have to buy it um, because, yes, you're absolutely right. There are places that will let you go into the pool. Um, but I mean, what do you really what do you really you're not I don't want to say you're not going to get much out of it. Like you can probably get like a quick idea, but it's like, you know, if I want to try something, I have to buy it. I have to use it for like a month. And then, then I make a decision like, okay, this isn't for me. Um, I don't it's like, like 10 that. Dives, right. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Like just, you know, even 10 dives or 15 or, or even like, usually I just give myself a time frame. Like, okay, I'm going to use this for a month. Um, and, and literally I've gone through quite a bit of fins just because, um, I'm like, man, I want those fins. I, I did have a fin and I still do one of my favorite fins that I have. Uh, it's the apex RK threes. Um, that that'll probably forever be my recreational fin. Um, from this point on, I really like them just for single tank recreational use. I think they're a great fin. They make them, I have the softer ones. They make them stiffer. Um, but recently I just, uh, I just got the, the dive right XTs and, um, love that fin. I bought it cause I needed something just a little bit stiffer and, uh, I was basically bought it for my dry suit, but I'm also, this is so funny. Um, I have, I had to get a size up that I normally would get for my dry suit 
But then I'm like, man, I really want to try these. So I got to get a size down. So I need to go buy another pair of those, which I definitely don't need <laughs> to, but I'm probably going to, you know. Um, but no, I, I've tried some other fins like um, there's the I can't remember what they're called. They're like the Hollis, the bat, the bat fins, I think like F1s. F- F1s. Um, I even bought a pair of the F2s, but I bought a pair of the F1s. And I mean, those things are like just for me, it was like two concrete blocks, just like super heavy, just super stiff. And I was like, I don't really like these fins. Um, I like the XTs. They're super stiff, but they're not super heavy. They're they're kind of light. Um, and I feel like I'm a little bit feet heavy in general. So just I don't want like a super heavy fin. Um, but yeah, I tried the the F1s, the F2s, you know, and I'm like, man, I just... Um, but the problem is it's like you get in the pool, you know, the, the areas that I have that we have around here, the pools aren't necessarily these big Olympic sized pools. So it's like you do, I mean, I do half a kick. I'm across <laughs> the pool, you know? So it's like, I can't really right. put them to the test of like, okay, let me go out to the lake. Um, but you know, in, in like all reality, um, it kind of goes back to buying that used gear, which, um, that's kind of a tough one just because. Um, you know, you, you do come out of open water and you're like, oh, this is life support system. This is life support system. So people, you know, I kind of had that I'm never buying used gear cause I don't know, you know, like I don't know what I don't know, but then right. you start to realize like, okay, I can buy that used. It's not going to be that big of a deal. I can use that used. You, you learn more as you go. Um, but right off the bat, I was like, I'm not, you know, oh man, I can go down there and die. Like I'm not buying anything used. I'm buying everything new. It all has a warranty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a you know, exactly, I, that's yeah. a whole nother story. Um, but at this time, I mean, there's certain things like, I'll be honest. I don't know if I'd buy a used wetsuit, maybe if the price was right, but you know, uh, boots probably wouldn't get used. I'd probably always buy those. It's kind of like a mattress. You never want to buy a used mattress. You always want to mm. buy a new one. <laughs> like, you don't know what's going on in there, you know? Um, but no, so I mean, it's Gross. that's what I'm saying. Like, you just you don't buy a used mattress. Like, you you know, even if a friend's giving one away, you're like, nah, I'm good, man. I'll, I'll you're gonna pee on it anyways yeah. too. So I mean, you that's know, it's just, you know, it's like your wetsuit's just a pee bag. So what yeah, do you do? so your buddy um, peed on it, and you peed on it. Who cares? Yeah, it's like usually if it's a choice of having to wear a wetsuit, if I don't have my own, I'll just not. I'll choose not to wear one, but. Um, if maybe if I seen it clean, I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's just kind of going off on a little tangent or whatever. Um, but <laughs> no, it is, stink. yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's just such a hard one to navigate because especially as a new person, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And you're going off of the advice of the people teaching you of the people that are around you. Um, and you want to go and, and look at the pros and see what they're wearing, what they're using, but at the same time, just because it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You know, like I know a lot of people that like, I mean, I think, you know, you, you have the scuba pro, the scuba pro jet fins, right? Yeah. I, I use the jets. Yeah. And I'm, and I love them. Yeah. No. And that's what I mean. Like those are for me, they're just too heavy of a fin. So I'm not like a huge fan of them, but if I was a, a, a person right out the gate, brand new, and I saw that all the pros were wearing those, I would probably be like, man, that's the fin I need to get. But then you kind of fall into, man, I'm not, you know, really having a good time because these fins are just kind of, they're, they're giving my, you know, I'm getting tired, you know, yada, yada, yada. They could go on and on and on. But at the end of the day, 
if I find what works for me and it's better then then you know, so that's why there's just little different things that are going to work for people. And, and it's kind of a hard one because like I said, for me, if I want to try something, I have to go buy it. I can't just go and be like, Oh, let me borrow these. I mean, sometimes I got some cool friends out there who are like, Oh, you could try these for a month. I have, they fall into this. I have 15 pairs of fins. Which ones do you want to use this month? (laughs) (laughs) And those are, you know, because they fall into the same boat probably because they bought it and they're like, "Ah, I don't like these. And then they'll try another fin. And, um, man, those fins are not cheap, man. Like, um, even, uh, I think we were talking about this the other day. Um, dry suits, you know, like I can't just go and try different dry suits. Like we have to, you kind of have to buy and then use and then realize you don't like it. And that is not a cheap investment. (laughs) Like like I, I lucked out on my first dry suit. Um, I was kind of at a point where I, I was comfortable or I was okay buying used. I bought it used. I was very skeptical. I was waiting for the thing to break every day and it took three years to, to finally start leaking and it did. And I was like, okay, time to upgrade to uh, another dry suit. And, um, you know, and, and there was a lot of money spent on the dry suit and, and I can be completely honest with you. Like I, I don't want to say I'm not like overly happy with it, but like I'm already looking at other dry suits. So that kind of says a story, you know, but um, yeah. it was something I just needed a dry suit fast cause winter was coming up and, and I got a good deal on one, still a lot of money, but winter it was a good deal. And, um, yeah, I was just like, okay, well I'll, you know, try this dry suit and see what happens. And, um, it's working for me now and I'll probably never sell that dry suit cause I spent a lot of money on it. But, um, um, I could tell you right now, I'm like, oh, okay, I have one. Maybe I'll go custom build one. Um, DUI, where are you at? Hook us up with a sponsorship. <laughs> I'm in San Diego. Yeah, let's go say hello. I I I, I would like to go say hi to him. Yeah, and I think maybe it would be fun to do a whole episode. Maybe if this episode goes well, who knows how people are going to feel about it. But maybe it would be fun to go like buy used or buy new and just have a list of like stuff and like what's your opinion, like fins, new or used and why. And that would be fun to have a whole episode where we just went through that stuff. But anyway, that's off topic. I think we're kind of dancing around this the second segment here, which is, yeah, okay, so that's getting started. What it kind of costs and some of the hidden hidden costs potentially and maybe some of the things that you didn't know in the open water. Once you gain some experience, what are the continuing costs of scuba in your mind? I mean, kind of you know, ongoing education, what gear do you need to buy versus rent versus, you know, continue to buy over and over again. Sounds like Fins is one of those like you keep on buying like shoes for you, I guess <laughs> you just keep going. Um, or, and then maybe we could get into some cost saving tips. I don't know if we were the best ones qualified don't to, to ask mention me those, that. I have a couple. I'm the worst person. In my mind, ask. I have a couple of like things. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so what is ongoing education cost? What is, what does it cost to stay in scuba if you like it and you've moved beyond that first phase of new diver? I don't know what I want. I bought a bunch of crap I don't need. Now I'm, I'm diving and I want to do this diving. What does it cost to continue? Um, so I guess it, I guess it depends on the route that you're going through. Um, so, you know, obviously me, I kind of fell into the, you know, open water through dive master through instructor. And, and I'm super grateful. Like I don't have any, any regrets on any of that. Um, but you know, for me these days, the biggest cost that, that I, um, come across is training. 
just because good training is not cheap. That's just a fact. Uh, and the, the type Nor of, should it be right? Yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and, um, the, the type of places that I'll go, uh, you know, I, I really, really heavily research the places that I want to go and train. Um, I probably have 10 people, um, on, on my list of like, okay, I want to go and train there. I want to train with them. Um, you know, even for my move, I'm already planning like, okay, I already know I'm going to go reach out to this individual. I'm going to go reach out to that place, this place, um, just for different training things. Like, you know, when I say I want to go do rec training, I want to go, you know, I'm going to probably end up doing like a year of research. It'll probably even be longer than that. Cause I've been, it's something I could continually looked at. Um, and so training at this point is probably, the most that I'm spending on currently, um, just because the places that I want to train, it's like, you know, okay, one, I have to travel there Two, got to pay, you know, the agency fees, pay the instructor fees, um, and then whatever added costs on top of that, you know, food, lodging, you know, this or that. Um, and gear wise, as of right now, um, I'm not spending too much money because I've acquired, um, the gear that I like that I use, but, um, that could go down a very different road very quickly, you know, because, um, I, the, the regulator set I have, I really do like, I really do enjoy, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with it, but then I'm just like, Oh, I want the better regulator set. So, you know, I do have ones that I've eyed for probably like five years now, but it's just, I don't know if I'll justify, if I can justify going and buying them. Um, but like for right now, it's training for me and then just random other little things that I'll try and maybe not like. But training for me at this point is um, the most I'm spending on. And I mean, uh, it could literally be two to three hundred dollars a day that you're paying for, you know, what whoever you're training with. It could be definitely quite expensive, um, you know, if you add it up, if it's a four or five, six day course and. Um, you know, depending on what you're doing. Uh, but that, that to me at this point is like where I see my costs going. Um, you know, if I ever decide to go rebreather route, um, that that's, you know, like that's going to be a whole nother ballpark. And, and, um, I'm still on the fence of rebreathers. And, and I think for me, the biggest reason is just cost, um, because to get a decent rebreather to get, you know, decent training to be, you know, where you want to be with that. It's, it's not a light task. So nor that it should be because it's, you know, it could get very dangerous very quickly. Um, so for me, it's just the training because I, I do enjoy, um, different aspects of training. Like I already know, um, I'll probably take the same course four different times from four different people who are experts in what they do just because, um, you know, that that's just something that way I can get like, like, oh, okay, I like the way that you do things, or I just want to see the way you do things, your philosophies. Um, definitely, you know, um, big shout out to Under the Jungle. They were absolutely amazing. And I definitely see myself training with them in the future. Um, but then, you know, I, I've looked at other, I did my, the side mount course at Under the Jungle. Aria, shout out, Natalie, Vince, you guys were awesome out there. Um, but I mean, there's some people in the Southeast Asia area that I'm like, man, I really would love to go and just train with that guy. It's just a side mount course, but we can see what's offered and, and see um, how things will be different. What, what will happen? Um, you know, maybe pick up some other tips and tricks and 
Um, and you know, so for me right now, the, where the money's going is currently training. Um, but I'm sure gear is going to pop up at some point in time. Yeah. And I think the, with training, it is, I think it's very true as it is in other things that you might buy or do that you, you pay for what you get. So if, if you're buying bargain training as you advance, you're probably getting bargain training. Um, at least that's been my experience when I'm, when I'm, you know, bargain hunting my drift diving certificate, (laughs) you know, I got what I paid for in a lot of ways, which was, you know, not much. I will put it that way. But at the same time, the higher level of training. So for example, you know, when you're, you're talking about cave training, you know, there's, you don't bargain hunt that in my mind, you find the people that you respect that are doing the type of diving you want to do. And you, you save up and you pay for, pay them for their time an effort to train you because that's that's a whole different ball game in, in a lot of ways, right? If you're going to be a, a public safety diver, you you want to make sure that you have amazing training in that, right? Whatever those things are. So I agree. I think there's it's worth the money to, to train with the best. And I think we mentioned this on another episode, which is kind of cool, is that when it comes to scuba, you have access to some of those people, um, to a lot of those people who are the best at what they do, that type of diving. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's an incredible drift diving course out there from a instructor who's doing that every day and, and will just show you the ins and outs and, and it'll be an amazing course. Um, and you want to pay that individual for that experience. Um, and you have access to them versus again, if you were, you know, wanting to get better at throwing a football, you, you, you know, good luck calling Tom Brady or whoever the guy is. That's the best at that right now. Mahomes, and, you know, Hey, give me a weekend free. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm a Mahomes. Hey, can I fly to Kansas city and hang out with you for a weekend? You could te- teach me how to throw a football and run a football team. No, it's, you know, no, it's not going to happen. Um, likely. So, but in scuba, you have that, you have the ability to go and train with people like that. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that's a cost that is worth, you know, saving the pennies up, you know, cutting the budget on buying the widgets or, you know, what do people do? Like don't buy Starbucks or whatever for a month and you'll have enough to pay for half your course fees. I remember the the saying, but I think that's something worth investing in. And it is part of the continuing cost of scuba. Um, I think we'll get to this in the next segment, but you know, for me, I, I feel like buying tanks, um, you know, cylinders and, and then educating yourself on the care of those. So, for example, taking a cylinder and valve technician course or, you know, actually learning how to hydro tanks and, and those sorts of things is worth it um, because that, because it gets you in a position when you buy those tanks in a very flexible way to have sets and set up in the way that you want them to be set up. So I, I bought tanks. Um, you know, some of my friends have bought compressors. I bought, and I think this is good for everybody that's out there. If you're diving a lot, um, I invested in an O2 kit, AED kit. Uh, I think that's a, an incredible. Um, yeah, there's some cost to it. At least the AED is kind of pricey, but the O2 is not not crazy. And to have that for your everyday diving, if you're, you're diving a lot, I think that's a smart move um, to invest in and, and to put some money in because that's the treatment, right? Until it, uh, help gets there whether it's DCS or, or uh, you know, it's a 
lung over expansion or it's a drowning of some sort or those things, the treatment is O2. So having that at your fingertips, having that at your, your dive site, um, taking it with you, I think is a good investment. What else? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, but I think there's always another thing for me. It seems like the minute I get to a place where I say, oh yeah, I'm good. There's nothing else I could possibly need. Something else comes up. <laughs> we'll get into that in the next one. But maybe let's talk about some cost-saving tips. Um, I, I can start with some of the ones that I have since uh, since I I mind my brain to think, okay, how do I save money or how do I look at the money? The first one I had on my list was if you dive a lot in the same place, there might be like an annual pass. So for example, here in Texas, there's a annual pass for this park that we go to all the time. And when you do the math, it's, it equates to like between 15 and 20 dives or visits to the site, right? Um, I shouldn't say dives, it'd be double that, but visits to the site equals the annual pass. So I know I've saved money in buying the annual pass up front rather than paying the fee every time I go to the park. So that's one, you know, <laughs> I guess maybe specific to us, but I don't know. Maybe you're diving boats and you're on the same charter all the time. You know, talk to the owner. Can I buy a pass? Or or maybe there's a, a new business model that's going to open for them to figure out how you can, you know, give them money up front, which is cash flow for the business. And you get benefits if you use it enough, right? It eventually balances itself out. So annual passes are a thing to look at. Um, doing it yourself. So there's a lot of tank rigging and widgeting things that are out there that, that you can buy. Uh, but you can, I mean, go to the Home Depot and, and get, you know, for example, I was just rigging up side mount um, bottles and cylinders. I went to Home Depot and for five bucks, I bought rubber hose, you know, to use it as my backing for the actual tank band that's going on there. So, I mean, there's ways that you can do things yourself. Um, there's some great resources out there to to use of people that have rigged, you know, stage bottles and, and deco bottles and things. And you don't have to spend an arm and a leg on a on a whole kit to buy those things. Uh, you know, learn how to service your regulator. Uh, for example, Hog is uh, as a company is is putting that out there. And so if you can service your own gear, um, there's a way. Again, get trained. Don't just like pop open your reg and go like, yeah, everything's good and put it back together. Like obviously there's levels of training that you need to go through to ensure the safety of those things. But, you know, there's some things that you can do yourself. Uh, there's some things that you can, uh, you know, I installed my own P-valve. It was nerve wracking. I'll be honest uh, at first, but I did it. And that saved me a bunch of money of sending it off and getting it installed, right? So there are things that you can learn how to do yourself that can save you money not everything is worth that. Um, you're obviously not going to buy a hydro kit for your garage. Um, so you need to pay for that. But that's a way you can spend money. Here's the biggest one for me. Is identify the need and use of the purchase. Then slow everything down. And if you want that thing that you're thinking about buying, you know, Nick, if you want that reg set three months from now, and you know, identified the need and the utilization of that, and you say, this is where it's going to be used, this is why it's needed, and you give yourself three months. Like I always give myself three months on almost everything, big purchases. Then buy it. That's probably your biggest cost-saving tip is 
self-control. <laughs> Unfortunately, there isn't like a you know, uh, get the discounts or buy on Black Friday, you know, tips that we have for you. It's learn self-control. And of course, I don't think Nick and I are necessarily the most qualified people to talk about self-control when it comes to Scooby. I think we both have gas, which is the gear acquisition syndrome. Um, people <laughs> probably have it pretty bad, but those were, uh, those were some tips that I had mined my uh, my brain for, and and said this is some ways that I, I've at least tried to save a little bit of cash in this in this sport. You have any? Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a huge huge fan of do it yourself. If I could do most things myself, I will. But there's certain things that I would say just kind of maybe be under the supervision of somebody that's done it before. Um, like you were talking about your your P valve. Um, I also installed my own P-valve, but I did have a friend there who had installed many before. So, because I, I literally, if you would have tried to get me by myself to cut a hole in my dry suit, I would have been like, you can go to hell. There's no way that that's happening. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but he was like, oh, don't worry. This is what it was. And even before I punched it, I was like, ah, do I really want to do this? Yeah, you the know? moment of truth. Right? Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely like, because it's funny, it's almost like in the boating world, like, um, it's like if if it's for the boating world, I feel and I feel this way with scuba. If it's for the boating or scuba or water world, they're going to like just tax it like, oh, OK, you can go to Home Depot and buy this for five dollars. But if it's in West Marine, it's going to be fifty dollars. Right. <laughs> so I, I am a huge fan of that because I have found plenty of things at Home Depot. And I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. I don't need anything else other than this. Um, and uh you had kind of mentioned uh, something before, and this was like a, a, a thing that I was able to utilize and, and use to my advantage. But um, it actually was years before I bought my first set of tanks. But um, that's because I didn't need them um, for myself. Because anytime, like I, I was working as a professional through a shop. So basically, they're like, if you need a tank, just take a tank. Um, so for me, I was able to save money on that note. Um, bought, like, cause I, I literally, um, how I ended up getting my tanks, um, and, and this is kind of another tip to save money, but just please beware, do your research. Um, I, I ended up buying used tanks and I'll be honest, I don't know if I'll ever buy new tanks just because, um, there is a like a lot of just screaming deals on tanks cause people don't know. And they're like, Oh man, I mean, I, I literally, picked up a tank for $20. Cause this guy's like, man, it's just been sitting in the shed for 10 years. And, and granted I had worked with tanks for a while and I like, so I had a bit of knowledge going into that. It wasn't just like, Oh, I'm going to buy this $20 tank, but literally went up there and he's like, yeah, it's been sitting. I'm like, is it still holding there? He's like, yeah, I'm like sold $20 slapped a new valve on there, saved a sh bunch of money, saved a bunch of money. Um, and I literally used that tank up until I gave it to one of my buddies, you know, just cause I'm like, Hey, um, hold on to this for me. But to your point, you were trained though. You, you yes, had your yes, cylinder no, exactly. valve and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I was trained. I had been working with cylinders for a while. So this is not something I would recommend that, that anybody just go and do. And this is the same way with used gear as well. If you know what you're looking for, um, you know, you have a bit of knowledge surrounding that. I am, I don't want to ever steer anybody away from buying used gear. Um, but I have seen some horror stories where, you know, this guy came into the shop one day and he's like, oh man, I got this really good deal on this computer on eBay. And I mean, the thing was like over 20 years old, like he didn't, you know, I think he paid like 40, he's like, oh, 40 bucks. And I'm like, 
don't bring that in the water with you. <laughs> um, and you know, so, but granted me, like if, if I see, um, you know, a, a Shearwater computer used for $200 and it's a Perdix AI, I'm probably going to buy that thing, you know? Um, right. but granted, like I said, I, I'm familiar with those computers. I, I have a bit of knowledge behind. It's not just me buying wildly into the night. Um, and just other, you know, tips and tricks. Um, there, you know, Facebook Marketplace is a wonderful place. We've joked around about this before about just how, I mean, you you go to some of those pages that are based out of Florida. Like, my God, some of the stuff there. I'm like, I need to hop in the car because even with the gas money, I'm saving money. On <laughs> well, maybe not right now, but because um, gas is definitely not cheap. But um, you know, and and if you can you know, use before you buy. That's, that's something that I'm still consistently batting, battling with. Um, you know, like if you have a buddy that has something that you think you might want to try nine times out of 10, you probably can just ask your buddy to use something, you know, like, Hey, can I try that for a little bit to see if it's something I really want to purchase? I know, um, we had a friend who was looking to buy new fins. Um, and literally we showed up the next day and there was like five sets of fins, on the table for him to try. And you're like, Oh, you want to try these fins that, you know, like try anyone you want. And, you know, he ended up buying the ones that he liked the most, which is, you know, that's, that's just, um, when you start kind of getting into the scuba world, people do realize that there is a lot of money to be spent. So they, you know, if I can help anybody save a little bit of money, um, I'm, I'm always, always all about it. Like I, I do joke around, um, cause I did work in a, in the retail side of scuba for a little bit. And just to kind of gain some experience, learn some stuff about equipment, things here and there, which I did learn a lot. Um, but I always joked around. I was like, I am probably the worst salesman in here. It's like, oh, that defog, you don't need it. Spit in your mask. Oh, that, you don't need that. Like, just go and do this, you know? Um, the only the only thing I would ever upsell just because of my, um, my, my luscious locks I have here is I am a fan of slap straps just because... Um, they, they save my hair, like those rubber straps, dude, I just cannot, I will never use one of those for the rest of my life unless I'm just shaved head. But even then I'm just like, I don't want to use that. Um, and then, yeah, I like the, the annual pass, um, thing. I think that's a great idea. Um, but just another thing too is, is, you know, do your research. I, um, you know, this is, this is such a hard thing for, for me to, to say, but I am a huge huge, huge fan of support your local businesses. I'm such a big fan of that. Um, and, and it is hard to do these days because you can find some good deals out there on, you know, the world wide web, um, and you know, the internet, I'm sure some of you have heard of that, but, um, just do your research and, and, um, at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it, I, I, uh, at the end of the day, I'm always going to tell people to support their local shops, but I've been guilty of, oh man, I can buy this here or I can save a hundred dollars here. And sometimes, you know, that hundred dollars could go a lot further. I can do a lot more with it if, if I had that hundred dollars than if I just, you know, do that. But I do always try to support the local shops for sure. Like I'll go in there and um, even if it's me spending a little bit more money, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to buy it. Um, but I, I go back and forth. Um, there, there is some really good deals out there. Uh, um, you know, shout out to dive gear express. They have amazing yes. deals, like absolutely amazing deals. They have really good gear. Um, and, and I'm, I'm about what they're about. Um, 
but also, um, you know, if it wasn't for the local dive shops, I wouldn't have gotten my certifications. If it wasn't for the local dive shops, I wouldn't have made those friends that um, on podcasts with, and that I go diving on the weekends, you know? So um, it is a double-edged sword, like, you know, save that money, but also go in there and support those local shops. So, Yeah, this is a whole can of worms that I don't think will open up, but I think for sure there's a, there's a tightrope to walk between, you know, it being charity to support a local dive shop versus it being supporting an ecosystem. Right. Um, and obviously there are lots of ways to support the ecosystem. Money's one of those ways. Right. So we, we, I'm sure we'll get into at some point the, uh, cause I think we have some different opinions on it, which would be a good episode on, you know, the role of the retail shop and, and the future of those things. But, but I don't disagree. I think, you know, support good local businesses. I think if they're, if you have a bad experience, I mean, I've talked to lots of divers that have had bad experiences in different places or, or you feel that there's practices you don't agree with, then, then don't support those things just because it's your, your, your local dive shop. Right. So your, your money, they always say is part of your vote. That's somewhat true, I guess. Um, and so I think there's a balancing beam to walk between those things. And, and, um, and yeah, if you got to pay a couple extra bucks to support your local ecosystem of diving, to keep that, that shop there certifying new divers and, and they provided value to you, then, then do that. Uh, totally. And I think if, if that's not in the position you're at, um, you know, and I think you found other ways. So for myself, that's where I'm at. Um, I found other ways to, to acquire the things that I want. I think the bottom line here is if, if you're in scuba and you're, you're constantly bargain hunting. You might want to ask yourself some questions fundamentally um, on that because it's, it isn't cheap uh, to continue. And there always seems to be another thing. Um, and we're talking probably in this cost savings here, Nick, like incremental percentages, right? <laughs> like not even like, oh, yeah. you know, the vast majority, it, it costs money um, and it should cost money. Training should cost money. Good gear um, that you're going to use for years should cost money. And as you evolve in your diving, you need different things, uh, you know, different things to take on those dives with you or, or to mitigate risk. And those things are worth spending money on. So again, it kind of comes back to like, you know, yes, there's budgets and budgets are relative to everybody. But um, if you're, if you're really super cost conscious on everything, um, at some point this is going to be a hard sport because Things cost money, and they should because they're of high quality and uh, both training and gear. And in a lot of cases, um, they are a life support system when you know how to utilize them correctly. So, I think that's a good way to maybe wrap up the you know don't don't just buy the what was diver bargain outlet dot com dot uk whatever I was on um, you know because it, that's not a way to to invest in your in your dive gear. But invest wisely, educate yourself, like Nick said, educate yourself. If you walk into a dive shop, they're charging you $150 over what you can get it at a reputable place for or over what cost would be, you know, online somewhere else. Not just one shop. One shop could, you know, undercut all kinds of things and then you don't get any service or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, you it's, ask questions. You know, it's okay to say, why is this so much more expensive? Have them explain it to you. You don't have to buy it in that moment. Maybe a shop, you know, a few miles away. Um, isn't going to charge that. So be be a conscious consumer. Don't just kind of trust whatever the, the shop tells you or trust whatever online tells you. 
be conscious conscious of you know your consumption of those things and and i think that's the best way forward uh in terms of saving money and and spending your money wisely i think the big point for me is is i want to spend my money where it counts and so buying you know something that really counts versus like for example just for example i got for christmas a a carbon fiber backplate which is awesome by the way it's just great but it really isn't something that i i need because it i need the I dive aluminums in my doubles, right? And I have aluminums if I'm diving singles typically. And I need a steel backplate, which costs, I think, 100 bucks, you know, <laughs> or like the really expensive ones are like 200 bucks. And so I have this carbon fiber backplate that looks awesome, but I got to strap, you know, a weight pouch or, or, you know, weight bar onto it whenever I dive it. And so, like, is that a frugal? Am I, if I had bought that, it was given to me as a gift, but if I had bought that, that would not be putting my money where it counts because I'm not going to use that thing. It's just kind of cool because of the style of diving. Now, if I'm diving steel 108s or, or steel, you know, high pressure hundreds, whatever I'm, I'm diving doubles, then that carbon fiber plate probably awesome. You know what I mean? For that dive, but I don't, I dive aluminums. So again, you, you have to kind of go back and, and say, what's the need? How do I put my money? If I have X amount of money, which is another cost saving tip to set a budget, where does it count? in my diving right now and in the style of diving that I'm doing and okay, it counts here. Although that thing's really cool. This is where it's going to make the most impact on my diving and then trying to, you know, you wear your dry suit every dive. So, you know, if you count, count that as something that you're using all the time, then, you know, investing that's important. If it's not, then it's not right. So anyway, that's, that's my two cents on what you said yeah. there. I, um, so the uh, uh I, I have seen that carbon fiber backplate and to be honest it is a purchase that i will definitely make in the future um because i think a lot of you are aware um that i do love just the backpacking um type okay let's just throw everything in a bag and travel and um i think that carbon fiber backplate's a half a pound whereas aluminum backplate's like <laughs> yeah, three pounds light, and a, a stainless one is like six or seven pounds depending on which one you buy and I know that that's very, you know, seven pounds to, to three pounds to half a pound. Um, that adds up a lot when you have a max weight of 50 pounds or whatnot. So it's like, okay, I'm backpacking for three months. Like I need to, I need to save, you know, um, you know, I, that, and to tell you the truth, that's actually how I got into a backplate and wing just because I'm like, dude, this would be perfect for travel. I can break everything down. I can put it back together and then, uh, travel and stuff it all in a bag real nice. Um, Whereas there's a lot of other reasons why people get into backplate and wings. Um, but no, that's for me, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a perfect thing because that's a perfect travel plate. But um, no, going back to the uh, the need, need versus want, um, I mean, I can tell you right now, like there is absolutely nothing out there that I need. It's all want. You and I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm okay. I'm like literally okay with admitting that to this point because it's a sport that I love. It's a sport that I'm going to continue to do. I want to try new things. I want, you know, like I would I would love to be one of those like testers. Like, you know, you're like, oh, people are going to send you this new gear. You're going to test it out and tell us what you think about it. Um, but no, I mean, so I'll, I'll continue to want new things. It's not necessarily, I know for me, it's not like a need like how you were saying, like, oh, like a, a little bit back, you're like, oh, you know, if you want it in three months from now, um, then you should probably go out and buy. Oh, man, I 
would have bought a lot of things. <laughs> there has been plenty of things that I wanted a year ago that I would still be like, oh, I'll buy that. Um, but it's just about like, okay, it's not something that I necessarily need right now. It's more of a want. And then, and then just to, to recap real quick um, on the bargain hunting, um, I will fully admit that I have bought stuff on the bargaindiver.com you know, dot net dot whatever. Um, <laughs> cause sometimes those, those places will have extremely good deals on good things. Like you'll find something that maybe they just overstocked on or just something. And you're like, dude, normally that's $200 and they're selling it for $75 sold, you know, like it's like, um, cause you know, like anything else in this world, things get outdated, you know, people stock up on a lot of stuff and they might have overstock and they're kind of getting rid of things. Um, and you can catch good deals here and there. And that is something I continually do. I just kind of like, well, let's see what's out there. You know, I'm, I'm on, um, email things where they just send me emails. We got deals going on and I'll just scroll through and I don't need it. But I'm like, man, that's a good deal. Um, cause even if I bought that at this price and sold it to a buddy, I'm making money. They're getting something for cheap. Like everybody's happy, you know? <laughs> so, like, um, but yeah, I mean, don't just don't, yeah, don't go like, oh, wow. Uh, uh, regulator, BCD, you know, shoes, fins, all this stuff for three hundred dollars. That's a scream! Don't buy that. Don't flippers, buy that, you know? goggles. Yeah, yeah you know. But <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, you know. Like, um, and and but just yeah, don't like just educate. At the end of the day, if you get anything out of this, you're not going to save money and educate yourself about the money that you're going to spend. <laughs> all right. Well, let's maybe wrap this one up. I mean, we had a whole segment planned for this question, but I think we could probably both answer it in at the same time with probably one word. So here it is. We will. I'll just. We'll, I'll ask the question, and I'll say one, two, three, and then blurt out your answer. We'll just do it at the same time because I already know the answer at least for you and me. Um, when are you done spending money on scuba? Hold on. One, two, three. Never, never, never. <laughs> absolutely never. It's an addiction. It'll never happen. It will never happen. So yeah, yeah the, that whole segment took us a, a total of, of seven seconds. So um, yeah, I mean, there, there's probably never a point where there's probably a point, like you're saying, where you don't need anything else. But then that dry suit gets three or four years old and starts to leak and then it becomes a need for a new one or those, you know, fins. Uh, you know, the split fins finally split completely in half for you and you need to buy some new ones right Nick, or, or whatever, right? Your reg, uh, you know, gets rebuilt. And, you know, I, I remember the guy um, that had the zebra muscles in his in his octo. <laughs> like, yeah, buy a new one at that point. Like, <laughs> it's time to buy a new one. Like, that, thing, that thing's gross and old. So there's, there's probably needs will go ongoing, will come up ongoing. But um, but yeah, you, you're never done kind of spending money yeah, on scuba be, because you love it and it's your hobby and you invest in, in those things. I don't think it's because it's life-saving equipment and you have to continually buy the latest thing that's out there. That's not true. But I think it is because it's your hobby and because there will be new things to try and new styles of diving, you will continue to invest in that and um, and your gear will grow and you'll sell things and you'll buy new things and you'll go down that path. I mean, like I, I told myself, I told myself recently, for example, told myself, you know, okay, I've got all this gear I want to sell that I'm not using as I, as I told you before, the, the gear that I have. 
and I just need to put it online. I need to sell it. And I, I will not buy anything else until I sell the gear. And then like two days later, this goes back to the display. <laughs> I bought, I bought my, um, you know, two new things that I, you know, one of them I needed, I would say it was more of a need. Uh, is that true? The other one, I bought my second transmitter and I, I didn't need that. I wanted that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, always- oh, I remember the first one was I, I bought a, a gas analyzer. Um, and my, the reason for it was my, my buddy had one and, um, and we were using it as kind of from a team perspective, but I realized that one dive when he was in there, Hey, if he's not here, we don't, we don't have an analyzer as a team. And so we need to have a secondary analyzer. I want to have one. So I bought that. That was more felt like a need. But the transmitter was a pure like I want this and and I want to train with it in the way that I want to train for my cave diving. So, you know, again, and the and the box still feels still is full of things to sell. So <laughs> I gotta get more disciplined. Hey, if you're out there and you're a financial planner or you're good with money, uh, Nick and I are putting the plea out. We we have gear acquisition <laughs> syndrome and uh, we need a remedy. So so hit us up and let us know how we can. We can be better. Well, it's, you know, kind of like what you were saying, and 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 I did kind of mention to it earlier. Um, everyone has their hobbies, you know, um, and and they'll spend money for it, and it's not necessarily a need. Is I mean, you can always find a need. Oh, I need this because of that. But at the end of the day, it is want. You know, like I I worked in a shop, and I remember it was just really funny because. Um, I, I would look around and, and every paycheck, like I said, I had a buddy, he wanted to go and get the $200 bottle service at the bar and just, you know, have a great weekend. And, and that was his thing. That's what he liked to do. He liked to go out and have a good time with his friends. I had another buddy, every single paycheck, he would go out and he would buy another tool because he was trying to build up a shop and work on motorcycles. Um, and me, I, every paycheck, I'm like, okay, I'm going to one, spend a little bit of money on scuba gear, but then I'm going to put money away so that way I can go and do that backpacking trip at the end of the year. Um, and so at the end of the day, it's all about the hobby. You know, it's it's who we are as humans. We have our hobbies. We find the things that we love to do, our little creative outlets in life that, you know, we enjoy. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I, so I don't mind spending the money on it. You know, there's people that have looked at me and said, how much money did you spend on your computer? And I don't regret it at any point in time. You know how much, I mean, this is a little inside joke. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal the numbers. Um, but, uh, same things that, that, so most of my purchases would be through my local dive shop cause I worked there. So I got really good deals on a lot of stuff. So at the end of the year, I'd basically just say, Hey, you know, can you give me a printout of everything that I've spent money on in this past year? And they basically kind of messed up and they, they gave me a printout of like everything I've spent since I started like working out of there and buying stuff from there. And I think it was like a little over two years. And I was like, holy shit, (laughs) I I have a problem, but I'm okay with that. Like I don't, I mean, there's probably some things that I didn't need in there. Some things it was just like, Oh, I need to buy this right now for some stupid reason. Um, but you know, it's, but it's, it's a hobby that I love and I'll, like we just said, I'll never stop spending money on it. It's, you know, from the very first podcast, it's, it's a love affair. It's, it's just something that I'll continually do until I can't. And I just, hopefully that doesn't come anytime soon. That's me knocking on wood. Um, but yeah, and it's something, you know, it's, it's just my hobby that I enjoy. 
um, you know, just like other people have photography or they might have, you know, building little airplanes or little cars or building up that garage set or, you know, going oh. to the bar and getting that $200, you know, bottle service. I have friends who spend an ungodly amount of money just on shoes. Like they'll, they'll go to all the newest shoe things, buy the $400 pair of whatever's and this and that. And I'm like, what? Look at them like they're absolutely insane, but they're also looking at me when I'm buying a $300 piece of scuba equipment. So yeah, your, it your goes both spare ways. air collection. They're like, what? Well, yeah, care. you know, I have a pretty good one going on right now. <laughs> well, that's really well said. Uh, I, I don't think I could add anything to that. So really well said. So let's wrap this one up. Today we've we've gone, you know, we've crossed the pale uh, and talked about the taboo subject of money. Well, money. Mo Scuba. I think that's a direct relationship there. If I have more money, then I'm going to buy more Scuba. Um, so we looked at the cost to start diving. And I think for both of us, there were some good little tips and things in there of our experience of that. And and really that myth that it's super expensive and all these things, I don't think is necessarily true. It costs money uh, for sure, but it doesn't have to be, you know, break the bank three months worth of your salary to learn to dive and, and to see if it's something for you. We also talked about ongoing costs and where to invest and, and some cost saving tips that we've picked up. But I think our conclusion there was, look, it's going to cost money and you should pay for great training. You should pay for good gear. And if you love this sport, there isn't a point when you're done, you're going to continue the, the never. So we want to hear from you. How do you manage your scuba budget or do you, or do you have the same syndrome Nick and I suffer from with gas and just uh, can't control yourself? Uh, or how do you feel about the cost of scuba? Are we way off? It, it is super expensive for everybody or it's, maybe it's cheap to you. I don't know. Um, that's going to be something that you can tell us. So send us a message. Go to www.thedivetable.com. There are all kinds of things that you can do there. Join a dive club, shoot us a, a message, leave us a voicemail, um, subscribe to the podcast, whatever it might be. Go on there um, and let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. You can also send a link of the show to the show to a dive buddy uh, or to someone that's thinking about diving and, and is really conscious of the cost or whatever it might be. Um, feel free to share it. Uh, feel free to have them reach out to us as well. So that's it. Uh, any parting thoughts, Nick? Save that money so you can spend it all on scuba. <laughs> dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, good. <laughs> Thanks everyone out there um, in scuba world for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.